0: In the race to success, we're not all starting from the same place. Level the Pursuit seeks to fill in the gaps and provide accessible, bite-sized leadership lessons for anyone looking to improve their skills and prepare for the next step, whatever that might be. Welcome back, peeps. I hope you're having a fantastic week. Now, last week we talked about the Highlander mentality and really realizing that very few people get to the top on their own, but no one can stay there that way. So the more we surround ourselves with good, strong, smart, ambitious people, the better off we all are. Success really is a team sport. You cannot get there alone. You cannot stay there alone. And really, if you want to be the best, you have to surround yourself with the best. So as you move forward in your life, make sure you're taking those good people along with you. Now, today we have a treat. We're going to talk to Miss Deirdre Mann. She is a makeup artist, an author, and a woman's life coach who has amazing perspectives on a ton of different things, but her focus is empowering women through making them look and feel like bombshells. Now this isn't just about how you look on the outside, but it's about being unapologetically you and feeling good about yourself no matter what. And I think this is a lesson all of us can learn from. So whether you agree or disagree with the concepts we talk about today, I would love to hear it. But in either case, She has some great things to say, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Today, we are joined by Dee, who is the host of High Vibe Bombshell Podcast, and she is a glam makeup artist who is focused on empowering women, not just through makeup and glam, but through being unapologetically wonderful in who they are. And so we're so lucky to have her here and hear a little bit about her journey and her leadership perspectives. So Dee, thank you so much for being here. We're so happy to have you.
1: Hi, Mary. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me
0: here. <laughs> See, we're, we're going to get through this. We're <laughs> 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 Technology will not beat us down today.
1: <laughs> and so, uh, um, those okay. who know me know technology is not my... <laughs> not my strong, strong suit. So
0: anyway, so, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. So Glam is a is a really cool place to be. It's not necessarily as en vogue now as it was back in the day, um, but obviously there are uh, still a place for feeling empowered, feeling beautiful. and And it's interesting to have that be the focus of how you do your leadership coaching and how you empower women. Can you tell us a little bit about how that started and where it came from
1: uh yes so as a little girl i was very shy and i bonded very closely with my mom my father was a good provider but he was emotionally absent and always working and i felt unseen by him and invisible um i had a little bit of low self-esteem being shy etc so I bonded very closely with my mom from about an age of seven, eight. I would sit and watch uh, her beloved old Hollywood uh, movies. So I like to say to people that I was raised on them because they're a part of my DNA as much as anything else. Uh, I absorbed all the beauty and the glamor and the elegance of this era. And though the movies themselves were actually made up, but the era was very real. The clothes were, the movie, uh, the the makeup, etc. how these women, held themselves and presented themselves their body language. The clothes were very real. And uh, I just, I loved it. I loved the feminine power that these women had. And I particularly resonated with the bombshell because she was unapologetic in her sensuality and her sexuality. And uh, so I knew that uh, beauty and, and makeup and glamour somehow would be a part of my life. I grew up watching all my, uh, reading all my glamour magazines every month, et cetera, playing with makeup. After high school, got my cosmetician's license. I freelanced for several, um, uh, Estee Lauder and Lancome in particular, in the New York City department stores, and I got burned out after several years because I really just wanted to help women look and feel good. I didn't want the sales end of it. I didn't want to uh, pressure them into uh, buying makeup that they did not need. So I answered an ad in the paper, I started in uh, a road into corporate for many years, I was a front receptionist, met my future husband there, and took a detour at the age of 26. He uh, found out that even though he was the love of my life and a beautiful, decent, kind, loving human being that we had much in common with, I found out he had a cocaine problem. And I thought that I'd be able to save him. And when I couldn't save him and I couldn't leave him, I started doing the drugs with him. And that took me down a different path of nothingness for 20 years, bouncing from one job to the next and just jobs. Uh, But I knew knew in my gut, I knew in my soul that I wanted more and I, I was made for more. At around three, four o'clock in the morning, I remember watching this infomercial uh, that uh, was from uh, Alexis Fogel, who was, she's passed on now, but she was Pamela Anderson's uh, makeup artist, and she gave Pamela the bombshell look. She took her from the Baywatch beauty and turned into a bombshell, and she had a line of cosmetics that she was be doing before and afters on what regular women, just like you and me. They weren't models. They weren't actresses. And the, the, these women would be given the mirror afterwards and they would just be floored. They just couldn't believe that they could look this way. They never saw that, that themselves beyond being a mother or a wife or a boss. They didn't see themselves as an empowered, feminine, sexy woman. And I said, if I could ever get out of this dark place, that's what I want to do for women. And so I did fast forward, I got out at 47, got my apartment, started my own cosmetic, uh, my own company, and I got into bridal for the last 16 years. But many times I would see that women, even brides, even younger, didn't matter what age, they could be 25, they could be 45, they could be 55. Many times their vision of what they wanted to look like wasn't meeting what they felt like inside. And I realized that it's the two has to be together your inner confidence and your outer confidence you don't get confidence by just putting a dress on or putting high heels on or putting shimmer on your cheeks or lipstick it has to come from inside it's your body language it's 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 everything it's the whole of you to be a whole full package um and so i started doing feminine confidence coaching as well Wow,
0: that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So there are a lot of people that have big hurdles in their lives, uh, whether things they couldn't control or things they could. And I I have to think that there were times when you were using the cocaine where it seemed like you were never going to escape from that lifestyle. Can you tell us a little bit about how that felt and what you did to get through it? I had
1: many days where i thought that excuse me that i thought that this was it this is the rest of my life i don't know how to get out of here because i had before i had met my michael and i refer to him as my michael because by the third day that I, i i met him i was smitten i got literally hit by the the cliche the lightning bolt i felt a current of electricity shoot shoot through my body i felt that i knew I was so comfortable with him immediately, and felt that I knew him my entire life. And I was still kind of shy and a little awkward, uh, even though at at 26, which is when I met him, uh, I still had more outer confidence than I had inner confidence, you know? And I felt that God, before meeting him, no man would ever disrespect me. I would never put up with anything. But because I was so connected with him on a spiritual level, I felt that God put me here for to, to save him. That was my purpose. And like I said, when I couldn't save him, I started uh, uh, doing it with him. But I couldn't leave him. I didn't know how I was going to stop. I, I just couldn't leave him. And I had thoughts of suicide by maybe year 15. And... I would watch Oprah uh, many, many days that I couldn't get out of bed until I watched Oprah. She was my personal development, my first personal development, you know, uh, and I'd read books and during the day I would be productive. I would write my journals and one step forward and then two steps backwards, one step forward, two steps backwards. It's hard to explain to another person in just a couple of minutes. But uh, I just knew I was destined for more. I was determined for more. And around 45, I, I think around 43, I stopped doing the drugs, but he was still doing the drugs. And I, that's when the first stirring happened inside of me. That happens in many women. It happens in midlife when they reach their 40s. There is a stirring that we know we're called for more, that we, we, need, to, we need to answer that calling and around 45 i had a full-blown panic attack i was like uh, uh, i was anxious i was pacing i was uh, i couldn't sleep and i called my father and my father said Didi, tomorrow you'll just get the newspaper. That's all you have to do. Because I was like, Daddy, I have to get out of here. I don't know what to do. I want to get out of here. I, I don't know what to do because I can't leave him. How can I leave him? You know, I'm extremely loyal and committed and I love him. And how do I, how do I leave him? But there comes a point in your life that you have to realize that you cannot save somebody else. You can only save yourself. And these are what these are life lessons. You know, these are one of the lessons we have to learn in our lives. It took me 20 years. Sometimes it doesn't take a woman that long, but you do have to realize at some point you cannot change another person. You cannot save another person. The only person that changes. And many times not for the, the right reasons is yourself. You change and then you have to save yourself. And my father said, Dee, tomorrow you'll just get a newspaper. And you'll start there. And that's what I did. I got a newspaper and I found an apartment and that's how, that's how I got out.
0: Wow. So it it sounds like there were a lot of days that you maybe didn't feel like you had options, but you still had something inside that said there was going to be more.
1: Yes. I, you know, as you grow and evolve as a human being, you, um, you many times don't know what your calling is, or but you know that you have a calling. And I remember hearing Elizabeth Gilbert speak once. Uh, she was on a, a, a stage with Oprah, and she spoke about the hummingbird, her hummingbird story that I now pass on to others. And hopefully your listeners and my listeners will get something out of this because I am also in some over 40, 40 plus groups on Facebook. And this is a typical question that you hear many times. As I say, women in their 40s, it starts happening. Mid 40s, definitely by your 50s, you're like, I want to do something. I, I know I'm called for something. I have a stirring, but I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know what my strengths are. I've always just been a mom or a wife. Or, And I say to them, I tell them the hummingbird story that helped me. Because so I always felt like a loser. Why do other people feel like they, 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 they found their calling and they're happy and, and uh, they're, they found their passion? And here I am I just going from one boring job to the next boring job and doing nothing with my life. What a loser am I? And then Elizabeth said, some people come into this world knowing exactly from day one they're going to be a ballerina or a doctor or whatever, and they stay on that course their whole life. And other people are like hummingbirds. They have to go from this job and that job and this tree and that tree and that flower and that flower. And they just take a longer time. Their journey is not one straight line. It's like, it's all over the place. And I realized, yes, I'm like a hummingbird. I'm not a loser, I'm a hummingbird. And I realized in that moment that even though I wasn't sure maybe yet exactly where I should fit into this world, I knew that every job, even every boring job, every bad boss I ever had, every stupid coworker I ever worked with, or, you know, every job that I had that wasn't my passion taught me something. It taught me, you know, you can learn a lot about what you don't want just as much as what you do want. And you can, you, you find your way sort of the back, the, through the back door rather than the front, <laughs> front door. And you learn about, What kind of person you don't want to be what kind of boss you don't want to be what kind of job that you're not good at and that will lead you to knowing who you are and what you are good at what your strengths are and i knew i was meant somehow to be in front of people and helping women and being a motivational speaker i admired oprah so much that she had that platform and that she could help women and she did help women, and uh, she helped me. There were many times I couldn't get out of bed until her show came on at four o'clock, and then all of a sudden, the energy came through, and I was like, you know what, I can get out of this, I am gonna get out of this, I, you know. Uh, so that's what I wanted to do for other women, and I knew I couldn't stay in corporate. I am not meant to sit behind a desk.
0: <laughs> I am meant to shine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, and, and so I agree with everything you just said. Uh, I definitely feel that way. I, I have had lots of different jobs that I absolutely think I went from, I started sewing when I was 14, making my own clothes uh, for a lot of reasons. I uh, went into hospitality for years, uh, graduated from college and became a firefighter and then went into medical school to become a surgeon. And I can tell you discrete things in each of those things that absolutely contributed to my being better at the next job. No question. As unrelated as they yes. seem. And people are like, man, you can't focus on one thing that every one of them has. Absolutely. And so that's one of the things I try to talk to uh, to my listeners about is is understanding that Everything is contributing if you let it. If you choose to take Absolutely. the lesson, the, then then it's there for you. Exactly. One thing that I, I think really resonated just now, you talked about kind of being in your 40s and, and feeling like you haven't found your purpose and, and where are you? But I think, you know, I have listeners that are in their 20s and 30s and 40s. I think we have a lot of young people that feel the same way, that feel like they're supposed to, especially when you have these young tech people or, you know, people that are getting into it industry is exploding in so many different ways Mm -hmm. people are getting rich at 15 or 12 or whatever you know and I feel like there's a lot of people that feel like if they're in high school or college or just graduated they're supposed to have already accomplished something and so I think that feeling of not being sure what your purpose is is I, I agree that we have we feel it more as kind of you look back on your life and you think okay what have I accomplished but I think a lot of young people are struggling with that as well.
1: Yes, it's uh, yeah, it's a different era, you know. Uh, when I was in my twenties, there was no internet and, and <laughs> you know clubhouse and Instagram and there's so I I feel I do feel for the the young generation because they're overloaded with so much. And comparing themselves to, hey, you know, when I was twenty, I, I I compared myself to Susan Hayward and Lana Turner, and you know, it's like now there's there's millions of people on Instagram that these poor young girls in their twenties are comparing themselves to, and um, you know, y- you'll find your way. You'll find your way. You really will. You, and the other thing that I want to say is that you. Can't be influenced. I know it's easier said than done, but you just can't be influenced by family or friends that mean well. You are your own individual human being. You come into this world. You know, you're attached to your mother by the umbilical cord, but once that is cut, you are no longer attached to your mom. And you're influenced by many people, but you are your own soul. You came here to. Um, find your way and your mission and your purpose and you have your own goals and your own dreams and your own personality and you cannot let yourself be swayed by what other people want for you. So um, stand, stand your
0: ground and, and it, you know, will happen. It will, will happen. So speaking of purpose, let's, let's talk a little bit about yours. So we, we had chatted a little bit before, but there's a kind of a backlash a little bit i feel like in society now against women it, there's a feeling that you're not supposed to have to feel feminine in order to feel like a woman you don't have to wear a dress or wear makeup or wear heels in order to be the embodiment of a femininity or of womanhood which i agree with i think we should all yes. you should you should be the woman <coughs> that you need to be whatever how, however that looks whatever that feels like however you walk however so but I know for me personally, if I'm tired, if I'm stressed, if I'm nervous about something, I'm going to put on a full face of makeup. I'm going to, maybe my hair looks exactly the same, but I'm going to spend a little bit more time on it. You know, my hair looks the same every day for work because I have to wear it <laughs> certain ways. But, but you, I, I, do, I do feel more powerful when I'm a little bit glammed up. And I know other people that feel more powerful when they're wearing, you know, some sensible shoes and no makeup and hair in a bun and they that that's that's rocking it for them. And so I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to that, but I think playing up how you feel most powerful is a good thing. So how do you see that in the glam world? Do you have do you deal with the backlash or are most people pretty like, yeah, this is this is what I'm excited about?
1: Um, yeah, this is the age-old story of uh society men women all kind of bashing the female you know uh, she's not thin enough she's not tall enough she's not heavy enough she's not this enough she is right we get it from everywhere we turn and my my message is not that even though I resonated, you know, I grew up a girly girl. I had a sister, an older sister, who kind of put me down and made fun of me because she was not. She had a wounded feminine. Somehow something happened. And, you know, she she uh, she was more girly in her teens and her 20s, but she she was more tomboy, you know, um, I think she was wearing the makeup, whatever, cause it was expected of her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, did, it came natural to me. It didn't come natural to her. And that's okay. Uh, I'm not saying that all women have to be girly and wear frilly dresses. And, and we all come into this world with our own, you know, idea of what femininity is for me. I resonated, like I said, with the bombshell, my message is not that all women have to be bombshells. My message is that you get to be how you want to be. But don't put other women down for not being who you are. You know, I won't put another woman down because she feels like always wearing her hair in a bun and flat shoes. But I don't want her to put me down because I choose to wear full face of makeup and put perfume. or whatever. So let's stop with the who does she think she is. Okay. Because we've all experienced it. Stop it. Okay. We have to start addressing women as the queen in me sees the queen in you rather than mm, who does she think she is. Right. (laughs) So, so yes, independence and feminism and all that stuff is we get to be the female we want to be in this world, but we should not be afraid to be, a certain type of female, you know, the girly female, because of who does she think she is. That's my message. So if somebody resonates with the, when I say unleash your inner bombshell, we all, I feel have an inner bombshell that we're suppressing it because society says good girls shouldn't, you know, be bombshells and men think, uh, uh, act differently towards the the bombshell you know and other women have to oh i'm going to lunch with the girls today but they're all going to show up in jeans and a sweatshirt and no makeup so i guess i have to tone myself no 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 if your personality is a bombshell then shine it you know shine it and whoever doesn't like that is not your people male or female you know if they have to put you down or shame you for something that comes naturally to you then they're not your people and vice versa if you're going to be around people that are saying why are you always wearing pants put some makeup on but it is true that we live in a society that we make first impressions. You know, our first impressions are by our appearance, how we speak, how we carry ourselves, how, uh, how our grooming is. So we do have to care about our grooming and it doesn't necessarily have to be a full face of makeup but we all look a little healthier if our under eye circles are a little covered or we have a little gloss on our teeth and our eyebrows are filled in to give us
0: definition on the face so there's nothing wrong with uh, makeup so no i agree and and you know, makeup has branched out where there are a lot of men that are using makeup to some extent to accentuate their appearance and to to kind of the same kind of things. I mean, sometimes full face, but a lot of times just to fill in the eyebrows or fill in, you know, just even out their skin tone, things like that. So, you know, I can understand why I know people, I have heard people judging that behavior, but I also think why not? Like if it's, <laughs> you know, logically it makes complete sense. Now I've always been
1: attracted, uh, you know, I, i like to be a feminine woman i so i like a masculine man that can complement my my feminine but i love a man that's well groomed and has you know takes care of his nails and puts a little clear nail polish on his you know uh wears aftershave and all that stuff but i have to tell you i don't know it's like i logically understand it but if i saw my boyfriend or my husband putting on like con- contour
0: or <laughs> be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think like anything, it probably takes getting used to, but it takes it, getting used to. Yes. <laughs> you you brought up men and I, I want to go back to that. So a lot of my listeners are, ma- are male and I think that the glam and the femininity, especially in the workplace can be a challenge for a lot of men because they're not sure you know take bias and take the the judgment of of competence and all of those things aside because hopefully we'll work through those but for a woman or a man if someone comes in looking beautiful we have created our in our society we we're at a place where you can't say wow you look beautiful today it's it, that's that's not seen as being a positive thing. Now, obviously making specific comments about someone's actual physical attributes, you know, those comments can obviously get very inappropriate, but there's a lot of circumstances where people feel uncomfortable even saying, you look lovely today. Like, I I really like the way you've worn your makeup or Mm. you look quite flattering. So what have you seen or, or what are your thoughts on the difficulty with kind of interacting with that femininity in the workplace? Okay, good question. (laughs) And I I just want to,
1: because I I just want to bring up this one, I want to make clear something, because I, I use the term bombshell. Most people don't understand the term bombshell. When you say bombshell, especially to the younger generation, they probably are thinking big boobs, blonde hair, um dumb you know and that is not a bombshell if you look up the word the bombshell in the dictionary it just means an extremely attractive woman you know it means like wow you know like look at this woman it's a woman who turns heads because she radiates she radiates femininity she radiates confidence she's well groomed and well put together that's a bombshell Bombshells come in all shapes and sizes you all age you know Mae West wasn't a bombshell until she was 40 and she was considered a bombshell even into her 80s before she passed but bombshells are smaller chested bombshells are larger chested bombshells are blonde bombshells are brunette and bombshells are intelligent. You know Jane Mansfield, who is the you know the the, the classic um, yes right the classic dumb bomb bombshell. Uh, she had an IQ of 165, and she was very determined to get that. She wanted to be that the dumb bomb bombshell. Nobody put her in that. She put herself there. Hedy Lamar. Uh, was uh, a bombshell in the 40s. She was referred to as a bombshell, but she wasn't the classic, you know, big busted. And we have Wi-Fi today because of Hedy Lamar. She was brilliant. She had an extremely high IQ, and she gave, uh, during the, the war, um, her her wi-fi uh you know uh she came up with the idea yeah she developed and they, the code right she developed the code <laughs> and they didn't exactly use it right then and there but then it was tweaked or whatever into what we have as today so you can be a bombshell and still be intelligent and still be classy and still be elegant etc so now to answer your question <laughs> uh yes there's look uh we have been we have been abused and bashed and disrespected as females since the beginning of time. We know that. And we are fighting for respect. Uh, And, but there's not a female on this earth that doesn't want to be admired and get respectful attention. It is why we get dressed and we do put makeup on and we, we, we like to be looked at. That's part of the feminine she likes to shine she likes to radiate she wants to be noticed and it gets suppressed because we're so fearful of the disrespectful comments where the snide remarks we're afraid of the other woman saying who does she think she is look at her trying to get ahead and get the boss's attention all this stuff And when we originally spoke, Mary, I told you this little quick story of in a Facebook uh, room that I was in, a woman commented that she went to work today and a man told her, her, a coworker commented how nice she looked. And somebody else immediately said, call human resources on him. That is not appropriate and blah, 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 blah. You know, I don't know what has happened. No matter what era we're in, I don't care if it's 1913 or 2021 it doesn't matter there's females and males on this planet and there's there's attraction you know and you can and you should be able to say to somebody you look nice today you know without it being a a, a sexual uh you know disrespectful disrespectful you know I, i i don't understand what's happening it's 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 not right you know I, I just think that it's unfair it's unfair to both sexes that we we have to walk around with turtlenecks and paper bags over our heads or no <laughs> makeup or we can't shine but in all fairness to you know the men have to learn how to address a woman how to respectfully address a woman. And as women, I believe that we know when it's respectful and when it's disrespectful. You can take anything and say anything and turn it into some disrespectful or say it in a sexual way. You know, you could say, look, the sun is shining today. And and if you say it in a a certain way, it's gonna sound creepy. (laughs) And you can say, Mary, you look really nice today and be respectful and it not sound creepy. So uh, yeah.
0: So you think it's more related to emotional intelligence and kind of paying attention to the people around you than the actual words that you use?
1: I believe that, uh, men should learn how to seriously. I think men, little boys have to grow up respecting females. First of all, respecting females. These are, these are, are, we come in in, uh, to this world to um you know we 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 carry life we bring life there is nothing more important than the female you know and we need to be respected whether or not we give I don't have human children I have animal children but I'm still a female and w- w- I'm a woman and we need to be respected And little boys need to grow up knowing the value and the beauty that is the female on this planet and what we bring here and under no circumstances are we to be touched inappropriately or disrespected in any way shape or form and from that if little boys grow up into men knowing that their approach to women will be completely different. But I don't think we need to stop opening doors for women or pulling chairs out for women. I mean, I would hope that, that our Madam Vice President, you know, even though she is in this position now, somebody's still gonna open the door for her. If, you know, if there's a man around that she, she you know, obviously she can open the door herself. But it's just a form of respect, I believe, for the female that when doors are opened and chairs are pulled out and, and things like that for, for the woman, it doesn't matter what position you're in or if you make more money than the man or, you know, I think it's respectful.
0: Absolutely, and I think the respect piece is huge. Respect is something that really everyone deserves it. doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what you believe, you deserve to be respected as a human being. I'd be curious so, your oh, perspective. Sorry, I,
1: I just want to say one more thing on the thought. Um, women have to learn how to better carry themselves, and men have to learn how to be more respectful. And when, when that happens, then I think that you know we can reach a point where because right now I think women are playing themselves down, we're hiding because we're afraid to shine our light for both the, 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 the female remarks and the male remarks, and we should not change who we are. We should not dim ourselves down, dumb ourselves down, or, you know, dim our light in order to not be disrespected. We should be ourselves in full force, you know, but carry ourselves with dignity and class and confidence. And men have to learn how to respond to that. It's not us that have to change. It's the men that have to change.
0: Well, I want to ask you about that because I agree that the respect piece is absolutely universal and it has to happen. But I'd be curious your thoughts on, so I know a lot of men who are good people, who are respectful people, mm-hmm. who in interacting with women who feel very strongly about some of these issues have had their head bitten off, had been accused mm-hmm. of things, or yes. those kind of, you know, where, where the pendulum has, has swung so far that they're backpedaling when they were trying, when they did come from a place of respect yes. and genuine admiration and, and, you know, from a good place. So what advice would you have for men or for women in trying to create that that mutual respect so that the man is given the benefit benefit of the doubt when he deserves it. So the man yes. can speak in a way that creates rapport instead of barriers. What what do you think about that?
1: Well, yes. Um, you know, I love men. I don't want to live on an, on a planet without men. I love <laughs> men, the good men. You know, we know there are good men. We know there are kind, decent, helpful, respectful men in this world. Thank you for being here on this planet with us. Um, and, and that is sad. And I always try to explain to other women, you know, it, it's, I think, you know, I grew up seeing, I, I grew up seeing the respectful men, you know, taking care of the, the women, uh, the standing outside, you know, down, walking down the sidewalk, the man stands on, on the, outer towards the car. So if a car comes, he's the one <laughs> or taking a handkerchief out. And I mean the whole reason a man carries a handkerchief, not not the outside, but but inside with him in, in his inner pocket is to be able to give it to a, a female if she needs it for whatever, to clean a park bench off or if she's sniffling or whatever. So all those charming little things I love and you don't see them anymore. And you know, men are afraid to open a door for a woman or pull out a chair because the woman is like what? I've seen it with my own eyes. What's, what's the matter? You think I can't like open a door? Oh my goodness. You know, I I feel for the man. Yeah. Women have a wounded feminine, you know? Um, but I, I asked the man to please try to understand where the woman's coming from and how she has been disrespected uh, for so long that she's afraid. She's, she's just afraid, it's just a wound that she has. But yeah, I wish that woman wouldn't do that. I wish they would see it because they see it as, uh, um, they see it differently than what it really is. To the man, it's a sign of respect. I want to open the door for you because the man is here to, to serve and help be helpful to the female. And so he just wants to open the door, pull. That he wants to be a gentleman. He 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 was taught that that's what women like those things, and to get your head bit off. So uh, yeah, we have to we have to you know teach the woman that it's a sign of respect. It's not a sign of disrespect when when somebody's doing that.
0: So so looking back at kind of where you've been and how far you've come, and and it sounds like. You're feeling pretty good about where you are now. What advice would you give to someone who finds himself looking at hurdles or still trying to find where they're meant to be?
1: <sighs> Don't fear. Don't give up hope. Do not give up hope. I believe that anybody can rise up. You know, I, I'm also a widow too. Uh, I, I lost my husband, um, we were together, even though I picked myself up at 47 and I, I moved us uh, to separate, a separate, um, living conditions. Uh, we were still married and he was still in my life, you know, for, till his death. So, uh, next month, it'll be 10 years that I've been a widow and I've also overcome being caregiver and losing both my father and my mother. And most recently one of my dogs, uh, she passed eight months ago. Um, there's always challenges, but there's always hope. You could always rise up. You could always reinvent. I was very frumpy in my 50s and very challenged and very depressed in my 50s. And now I turn 63 in two months and I'm completely, I, you know, I, I found where I'm supposed to be. It was a long journey but I found my happy place. I feel good. I look good. Uh, I have a profile up on match as of uh, four days ago. Oh so don't ever give up hope. You just keep learning, keep experiencing and keep digging in deep journaling, um, trying to, to you know, find you, you, you will, you'll find your way. There, everybody on this planet has a purpose and you can turn all your obstacles and all your mess and your you know what they say, your, turn your mess into your message, turn your pain into your purpose. We all have pain. We've all had challenges. We've all had grief and we've all had struggles, but you could always reinvent. You could always rise up. You could always level up and you can always improve and there's always hope. So
0: that's amazing. I love that. Thank you so much for being here today. I've had a great time talking to you. Uh, the website or the podcast is High Vibe Bombshell. And your book was called, tell me one more time. Glamorous. And it's one woman's journey through
1: adversity, addiction and loneliness to find her self-worth through glam. The first half of the book is the journey. It tells the story and, and, and uh, my, my, uh, my journey. And then the second half is the glamour and why I am pulched towards glamour, why we really need to bring glamour back, glamour and elegance. And there's a chapter on skincare, a chapter on makeup, a chapter on bringing lifestyle tweaks uh, into your your everyday life in your home. And then the very last chapter is a list. It's only a partial list because my editor said, you need to stop. (laughs) I could have kept going. Uh, A list of my favorite actresses and the movies, my favorite movies of my favorite actresses and why I love them so that's fantastic on Amazon (laughs) (laughs) thank you so
0: much for for chatting with me today I really enjoyed it thank you Mary for having me so that's been our discussion with D man regarding bombshell behaviors overcoming adversity and living your life the way it's most authentic for you if you like the discussion today please give it a like subscribe or share if not tell me what I could do better If you'd like to learn more about Dee, check out her book, Glamorous, wherever books are sold, or her podcast, High Vibe Bombshell. This week, take a little time to look at yourself. Do you feel confident or do you feel insecure? What things in your life, what times of your day, what outfits, what people make you feel the best, the most powerful, the most you? Whatever they are, play them up. Find a way to maximize that. Feel good about who you are. If there are times or people or even an outfit that don't make you feel great, then maybe it's time to minimize their presence in your life. There's no rule for how you're supposed to look or act or dress or feel to be your best. Only you can define that, but spend some time this week figuring out what that looks like for you. Because the more you own the greatness that is you, the more you'll find success. And regardless of what success means to you, it will never feel real unless you can embrace it as you truly are. Thanks again for joining Level the Pursuit. While we can't choose where we start, we can choose our dreams and how we pursue them. Remember, success is a team sport and there's room for all of us to achieve our goals. So be a good leader, be a good follower, and do something great.